I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And that is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, like always, Steve Den Hartog. Hello, hello, hello. Good to be back with y'all. <laughs> yeah. I got I to gotta, I gotta make you sound just really good, because uh, the last episode, I was just like, Steve Den Hartog. It didn't, it didn't sound the same, but... Well, I need all the help I can get. So. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is Good Friday. Yes, indeed. Yes. The... the, uh, the Two days, three days before the resurrection of our Lord. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming, as they Sunday's say, coming, right? Yes. So, uh, long, long ago, our Lord and Savior was put to death today, right? In, in Israel, in Palestine, wherever you want to call it, but in Jerusalem, outside of, uh, you know, uh, outside of Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem, and according to the predetermined will and plan of our heavenly Father to to reconcile us to Himself. Yes. So, uh, hopefully, uh, this weekend uh, everybody has uh, plans to be at church. Yes. For our brothers and sisters, and I'm sure uh, you're gonna we're gonna have family over at yeah, their home eating some delicious, celebrate some some time delicious, together. Yeah, some time together, some delicious food. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, well, this week, um, today, we have a returning guest. Yeah, excited about this. Yes, we have Dr. Stephen J. Nichols. Uh, if you guys uh, are not familiar with him, uh, he was on episode 134 uh, for five minutes in church history, uh, in um, church history just in general. Uh, he is the president of Reformation Bible College, um, and he's also an academic officer for Ligonier Ministries. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be talking about a book, a really important book, R.C. Sproul's A Life, yes. which he wrote um, and by Crossway, by the way. Uh, we've been teaming up with Crossway, and they've been just a great, great friend of the ministry. And uh, we're going to be going through the book. Uh, he's going to be talking about just the life of R.C., the impact that he had that he had on just uh, Christianity in mm-hmm. general. I mean, he's been a huge impact to oh, us man. Um, Amazing. And, yeah. in, in this ministry. So um, it's going to be just a really, really great conversation. I'm looking forward to it. The book. I could not stop putting it down. Uh, just a lot of just great information. Just a fascinating from its humble beginnings in Pittsburgh all yes. the way through and I would say outside of my dad, definitely R.C. Sproul had the biggest impact yes. on me as far as my spiritual growth is concerned. Absolutely. And he he's had a, definitely an, an impact on my uh, growth as well and my wife. So uh, yeah. just looking forward to just have a conversation with uh, Dr. Nichols, who uh, wrote the book, and I'm sure he'll have some great, great stories to tell us. Uh, for our listening audience, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgeminlaredo.org. Uh, again, we are also now on Spotify, so you can uh, look us up there and check us out there. 
Um, so yeah, uh, and then everything is still moving along, excuse me, with the building. Yes. Uh, so we're Please super excited. Please continue to keep us in prayers for that. Yeah. That the closing can go through in a timely manner and no reason that it shouldn't, but it, we, yeah, there's absolutely. always contingencies. I yeah, guess, absolutely. Right? So. I, I always say whenever you're doing any type of real estate deals until yeah. it's done until everything is closed and because I've definitely been to some uh, situations with that. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of exciting. I was telling you, Steve, uh, earlier that, um, you know, there are some parallels uh, that I, uh, that I read uh, how Ligonier's got started mm. with Bridge Ministries. So that was just really interesting. It's encouraging. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, well, why don't we get this podcast started? Yeah, let's do it. Dr. Stephen J. Nichols is president of Reformation Bible College, chief academic officer for Ligonier Ministry and a Ligonier Ministry Teaching Fellow. He holds a PhD from Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. He is host of podcast of Five Minutes in Church, History, and Open Book. He's authored more than 25 books, including Beyond the 95 Thesis, A Time for Confidence, and R.C. Sproul's A Life, and co-editor of Crossway Theologians on the Christian Life Series. Welcome back, Dr. Stephen Nichols, to Bridge Radio. My pleasure. Looking forward to this. Steve, you talked a little bit about his education, um, and a lot of it really was in in very liberal surroundings. Mm. Right. And can you talk a little bit about that? Why did why did RC not go down that road? I mean, obviously, the big answer is you know God ordained it and and brought him to where he was. But but what was it that that R.C. saw that was different from what he was being taught in the classroom. Yeah, you know, the whole trajectory of, he was surrounded by liberalism. Yeah. Yeah. He grew up in a liberal church, went to a liberal college, didn't know any better, went there just to study, or not to study, went there for athletics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but gets converted very unexpectedly, of course, and it was God just breaking into his life. But in God's kindness, he gave R.C. a brilliant mentor mm. at college named Dr. Thomas Gregory, who's sort mm. of a lifeline. Then he goes to Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, which was also a very liberal institution. And there, God gives him the lifeline of John Gershner. Mm. Mm. I think, and it's interesting to hear even Vesta, you know, R.C.'s wife, and she's so much a part of the story. Mm. Yeah. You hear her reflect on it, and it was all just part of God's providence in shaping him, being in liberalism, he saw false teaching for what it truly mm. was. Wow. Uh, he saw error for for the deceptive nature that it was. And so Vesta sort of says he basically got two educations. Mm. He had his own education that just on his own, he had to explore yeah. the truth and know the truth. But then here he was being taught falsehood and he had to be armed to counter it. And I think it added an edge, a sharp edge to his ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, He was very much an apologist for the truth. And I think had he been in more conservative circles, who knows, you know, we're not, we don't deal in hypotheticals. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I think all of that exposure sharpened RC and and gave us the RC that he was mm. um, because of those things. Yeah, but but to but to answer the question, how did it work for RC? He says uh, after his conversion, 
very first time he read the Old Testament, he knew this was a God who played for keeps. Wow. Wow. And he had such a vision of God right from the moment he's converted Hmm. that that he's not he's not going to waver from the truth he's not going to falter and you see you see 50 years of of faithful ministry amen yeah i found it just very interesting just even as he's uh uh he's with the lord and all these years just has passed and the impact mm. and the legacy is just left behind it just blows my mind that you know we are we're sitting here talking about this book that you wrote and the impact that he's just had on so many people's lives to this day and continue to have. I mean, what a blessing. Mm. One, uh, one thing that I really loved uh, about the book, I'm a big baseball fan and <laughs> I, I, he was a huge Pittsburgh uh, Pirates fan. And one thing that really got to me is that he did not miss opening day uh, as a kid. And I'm from Chicago, uh, born and bred there. And until I, until God sovereignly brought me to Texas down here, um, I did not miss opening day. And this was uh, approved by my parents. And in the book, you put that down that his parents approved it as well. And I didn't realize that athletic, uh, uh, played such a big role in his life and, and how that shaped them too in his early life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in those days, 40s and 50s, Pirates weren't necessarily the <laughs> stellar team. I mean, he was he was a diehard fan. But yeah, he's he's a kid. He, this was another era. Yeah. I mean, this was another era. Yeah. He would hitchhike to Forbes Field. This was before Three Rivers, mm-hmm. long before uh, the new stadiums. But this is Forbes Field. He'd hitchhike. He was he was there when Roberto Clemente made his debut, hitting a home run, of course, in yeah. his first. And then the summer he and Vesta got married, the Pirates won the World Series. Wow. I mean, this was the best year of his life. <laughs> wow. Did he talk about that a lot? Oh, yeah. And they had a they had a friend that years later tracked down a souvenir program of the 1960s World Series hmm. and mailed it to the Sproles. So we have it here oh, wow. uh, in the archives over college. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and you know, he he was one of those guys where he was it's like encyclopedic mind. You could ask him any stat about any pirate from the 1950s and 60s, and he knew their batting average, he knew their position, he knew who they got traded to. Really, so he was a fan. Yeah. Wow, that's the thing that's that stuns me about RC. Not only the breadth of knowledge, but the depth. You know, he could talk about mm. virtually anything. So. Yeah, we've uh, we've heard some gr- some great stories yeah. here from uh, just authors who's been on Bridge Radio about their their impact on uh, RC's had their impact, uh, and I and I have to mention this story just because I think it's funny. Uh, uh, one of our our, our our friends here in the ministry, uh, Doctor Stephen Leston, was telling us a story when he was eighteen who snuck snuck in. Um, into uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the churches, and and he sits right next to RC 
Uh, he didn't know it was RC because this is the early eighties. Um, and, and he's telling this story and RC is, and he's talking to RC. He's like, Hey man, do you know this guy RC? Like this great guy. And he's like, yep, I know him. Yep. Yeah. Great. He's, you know, and he's, and he's telling this story and finally, uh, he's 18 year old. He snuck in and didn't realize that he was speaking to RC and then RC gets, uh, introduced on the, on the, on the, uh, on, on, on the pulpit and, his face just drops and RC turns around at him and just starts pointing at him. Like, you know, like I got you. And he came up to him afterward. He's like, he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't know who you were. And he's and RC told him that you made, you made my week, you made my year, you made my life. And, and uh, so, um, so that was a really interesting story. Uh, Stephen, can we just move on to uh, the beginnings of Ligonier? Mm, um, sure. It's uh, I think this is just uh, very important, just how all this is just starting to come together in, in RC's life. So he was teaching seminary in Philadelphia mm. and was 29 years old, top of his profession as a seminary professor. And by his own account, he said he was bored. Um, but on Sunday mornings, he was teaching a Sunday school class in a sub suburban church. And these were mostly professionals and laity. So, you know, they, they were lawyers and engineers and trained in their profession, but not formally trained in theology. And so RC teaches a class on Christology, you know, calls it Christology as a Sunday school class. And these professionals are eating it up. Hmm. Uh, they loved someone talking to them as you know on an intellectual level about important matters and it was one of those things where the, the more hungry they were for solid teaching the more passionate rc was about the teaching mm. and that just made them all the more hungry mm. and it really was in that suburban church 69 7 uh, 68 69 that the vision for ligonier was born then in 1971 uh through the the generosity of a of a philanthropist benefactress dora hillman yeah. she bought a 52 acre farm in western pennsylvania hours drive outside of pittsburgh allegheny mountains literally in the middle of nowhere uh and opens a study center wow. and over the next 14, 13 14 years people just came and they came to be taught by rc and from there went out audio tapes first, cassette tapes, and then videotapes, and Ligonier just grew from there. But, you know, you talk to RC, you talk to Vesta, talk to RC or talk to Vesta now, they never set out to establish some sort of global ministry with mm. the reach that they just, RC was a teacher, and he just wanted to be faithful. This was a, this was a time of a lot of cultural crisis. 1971, you know, it's on the heels of the Vietnam War protests and political upheaval, Watergate era, sexual revolution, decade wow. of the hippies. This was just a time where there were a lot of, of questions and, and you've got liberalism in the churches. So RC just wanted there to be a place where people could get real answers to real questions. Right. And, and that's what the study center was. And that's what they started off to be and god just blessed it and it grew yeah i've heard uh ligonier described as a ministry that kind of fills the gap between sunday school and seminary and i think right. that is such a great description it's actually one of the things i think one of the models for our ministry as well trying mm -hmm. to fill that gap between the two 
and it's so crucial because there are a lot of people who are really interested in in getting into theology but don't have the time or you yeah. know money or whatever it may be to to go to seminary and so it's such a crucial gap to fill in ministry yeah and that was you know that was rc saying and that's that's the vision he had for it and i, I think it stems again from you know he never he he, he didn't need to use academic language to confuse mm. people mm. he could use language people could understand but he recognized the value of people knowing theology yes, and really just labored to teach theology in a clear and compelling way. Um, and I, I think he was a master at it. I really, I really do. Can, can I just ask um, how RC used technology? Because I was really and just impressed of just the videos, like they're so, so relevant. Like, cause we, we, we have shown them here at, at, at bridge and did he ever talk about just the, the use of technology? I mean, we know that he used it for the videos, but I mean, just how well done they were. And then during that time of just, uh, I mean, I was just super impressed the first time I was like, Oh, this is video. And it's like, this is like the eighties. Right. Like, and I was like, really? And, and I know that he would do cassettes and like you mentioned earlier, can you just talk a little bit about that? I think it stems from a couple of things. Uh, I think one is he always wanted to be a good steward of resources. Mm -hmm. And if you can leverage technology to get the message out, it was, it was always doing that. So, I mean, this was a time they were doing video cassette teaching tapes before people even knew what a VCR was. They'd have to give churches VCRs so that churches could watch the video cassettes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, this is like late. Early, late 70s, they're literally cutting edge wow. on video technology. And that's been part of Ligonier's DNA, mm. uh, especially when we think about foreign language and, and global impact and global ministry resources. We're just always thinking, how can we be good stewards of these media to get this teaching and message out? I think the second thing is he believed in the idea that truth should be well told um, and that there should be that sort of excellence in the presentation and that the presentation should reflect the level of content. Mm. So there is always a desire, if it's going to be a video production or a conference, that it just be done well. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately the idea is that it sort of, you know, falls into the background so it doesn't distract from the teaching mm. so that was also sort of part of what rc was about and it's and it's remained part of ligonier's dna as well um but yeah those are, and so and then on top of that it's the content yeah um but, but i think he was he was one he would pay attention to not just the message but also the media and also the package mm. that the message was communicated in really kind of carrying on the heritage of Luther, right? With mm. the printing press and yeah. using that technology for the glory of God and to educate people to get the plowboy into the word as well. So he loved this. He, he was very, he talked about this often. The reformers were populists. Yeah. Mm. Took the message to the people. And that's what he saw himself as. He saw himself as taking the message to the people because that's who needs it. And, mm -hmm. and that's the importance of it. And in many ways, the whole between the Sunday school and the seminary is sort of an, an end run, if you will, 
a sort of a guerrilla tactic mm. um, that is a little bit different than formal education. And uh, that was, again, a very much part of what he was trying to do um, and saw himself as, as not just <clears throat> following the reformers in their content, but also their, their method. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Um, Stephen, can, can we just talk about uh, a chapter in your book, uh, Inerrancy? Um, Steve, Steve and yeah. I were just talking about that because uh, I think this is very important, especially during the time. The, the, the funny thing is, is when reading your book, I was born uh, just two weeks <laughs> after this meeting in Chicago. And like I said earlier, from <laughs> Chicago. And can you just talk about just uh, RC's uh, just how he just wanted to defend truth and the errancy of scripture and, and, you know, and the holiness of God. And, you know, it's. So a couple of things here, I think it's really crucial. Mm -hmm. And I, I think capturing what happened 73 to 78 is really crucial. And it's, it's very simple. You know, we, we know of RC is stressing the holiness of God. Well, it's, we know of a holy God through his holy Bible. Mm -hmm. And the issue is, how do we view the Bible? It's it's really sort of the, the key domino. If, if you don't have a high view of scripture, it's going to impact every other point of doctrine. Right. It's going to impact every other point of church practice and sanctification and living the Christian life. So let's think about the doctrine of scripture. And this is in an era where, you know, he was, he was told, he, he remembers a class where he had a, a German professor at seminary who would stand up and hold the Bible and he would say to the class three times in a row, this is not the word of God. This is not the word of God. Wow. Right. And, and it, it's like this just liberal view. So in 1973, Ligonier hosts a conference and it's too big for their study center. So there's a retreat center about 10, 15 minutes away called Laurelville uh, Retreat Center, the bottom of the big mountain there, Western PA. And they go there, they have 300 people, they have all these presenters on Dr. Inverity. J.I. Packer is mm. one of them, it's the first time they meet. And this is this is just the year before Packer publishes Knowing God. Wow. wow. So out of that, a few years later, comes the International Council for Biblical Inerrancy. And of course, Jim Boyce was there, the pastor mm. of 10th Press. And that's the ICBI. They form in 1977. They call this conference in 1978. And in 1978, they, re they release the Chicago Statement on Inerrancy. And, uh, you know, R.C. was still a relatively young man at the time, but played a leading role in this. And he had his foxhole buddies of Jim Boyce and Packer and joined by a host of others and cross-denominational. Mm -hmm. And also, you've reformed theologians, you've dispensationalists. I mean, those two... They don't agree on a lot of points of theology. <laughs> there they are, coming together on inerrancy. I talk about Chicago's statement as almost a modern miracle. I mean, imagine yeah. having 400 evangelical theologians lock them in a room and get them to agree on anything, let alone a statement as thick as the Chicago statement on inerrancy. It may just qualify as a miracle. Um, but it's a, it's a wonderful contribution, and it really served the church well for a whole generation of putting steel in the spine of pastors mm -hmm. to stand for a holy, authoritative, infallible, inerrant word of God. Yeah. Um, 
And Ligonier played a huge role in that. If you go back to that 1973 conference, it sort of started it all. I think in your book, you said that the conference started off with uh, playing Mighty Fortress in the beginning. I, uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how yeah. it. It's hard, you know, that's, it's hard to top that. It's almost like finishing with the ending, but uh, that's a tone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Steve, as we get close to wrapping this up, can you kind of give us a, uh, maybe just a little bit of an inside view of, of RC and maybe talk about one of your favorite moments, I guess, with RC, one of your times of, of interaction with him that really um, is kind of high on your list. Oh, you know, it's just, it will be a, a true joy of my life that I was able to be with RC and what mm. turned out to be the twilight years of his life. I will, I will forever be grateful to him for bringing me down here, just the opportunities he gave me. I, it's, it's hard to pick one, but I, he was, you know, you think of him as a theologian and I think everybody thinks, well, all RC everyone talked about was theology. Mm. He loved jokes. He loved one-liners. And so <laughs> I remember we were sitting before we, we have our convocation and commencement here at RBC, and we have a bagpiper that leads the processional. And so we were sitting there. We were in the narthex of St. Andrew's Chapel, is this beautiful church where he pastored. And the piper's sort of standing there, and we're waiting to go in. And R.C. leans over, and we have our, everything's formal. We have our academic robes on, and R.C. says, isn't it nice that that they call them pipers and not bags. <laughs> and uh, just thought, okay, this is, this is RC. He's just <laughs> telling jokes and just, you never know what you're going to get. That's hilarious. Some of the uh, comments, just watching the conferences and some of the jokes that have been made between he and MacArthur and, uh, and others are just hilarious. I remember one when he was surrounded by several Baptists, and uh, they asked him about um, if he felt outnumbered. And uh, he said, uh, well, how did he put it? Something along the lines of... Uh, I'm trying to think which one that it makes, was. It makes the fight more even or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. It was just hilarious. I think it was Mueller, though, that said... I said, I know that I know what he has behind the stage or something like that. I don't know if he had he had his uh, pre Presby friends back there, you know, ready to come out if he needed to. That's right. Um, well, I uh, never tried to I never tried to compete with RC. He was the king <laughs> and and anytime you you tried to, all you were doing was teeing him up to to one up you. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I knew long ago. You cannot keep up. <laughs> I just you recently. <laughs> oh, I bet. I mean, you can just see the 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 Q and A's at the conference. I mean, they they look like they're just having uh, uh just a great time up yeah. there, and, and and him and you know some of those Q and A's with even with uh, no, uh Johnny Johnny that. Mac. <laughs> totally. I, I I think RC. You know, we talk about this a lot. If you know that your sins are forgiven. Mm. Mm. And you know that that you uh, that the wrath of God has been satisfied by what Christ has done for you. See, now you can have true joy in your life. And I, I think wow. he genuinely had true joy. I mean, he had his share of difficulties. He had his share of sorrows. I've seen him. I saw him face challenges. But he had true joy, and I love that about him. I love that people 
loved RC's smile. Yeah. Like that's, that's a winsome Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen to that. That is I so true. Well, Stephen, uh, this podcast went really fast, but uh, Romans 10, 14, excuse me, Romans 10, 14 says, how would they call on him who they not believe? And how would they believe in whom they have not heard? And how they, how would they hear without a preacher? Can you please share the gospel with our worldwide audience uh, this Good Friday? Yeah, absolutely. And here it is, Easter weekend. And we remember especially the work of Christ. So we have to ask ourselves, why did Christ come in the first place? Uh, why was he born? And the answer is, we need a substitute. And now you have to ask, well, why do we need a substitute? And the answer is, well, we are a sinner. And so we are a sinner compared to what? Um, we are a sinner compared to God in his absolute purity and holiness. So if we want to compare ourselves, I want to compare myself to you guys of course, you'll be slightly ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> but if we want to compare ourselves to other people or to our neighbors, go ahead. But what if you compare yourself to the standard of God's holiness? Mm. And when you do that, you realize very quickly that the Bible is so true when it says we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And there's not one among us that is righteous or can stand in the presence of a holy God. Mm. God is holy. We are sinners we must have a substitute and god sent his son born of a woman born under the law born in bethlehem and he lived a sinless life and he was crucified on a cross i mean this is what good friday is in one sense i've always wondered why call it good friday this is the worst friday uh because this is the death of christ on the cross but christ did not stay on in the grave uh the stone was rolled away and we have glorious easter sunday and christ was resurrected by the power of god and because of christ's substitute on our behalf we can uh, have our sins forgiven and we can have the the wrath of god satisfied and that is by simply putting our faith in christ mm. and as the reformers would say christ alone Amen. so not trusting not trying to smuggle in works not thinking somehow i deserve it not thinking somehow god will will especially use choose me if i'm somehow worthy but truly seeing that there's nothing i can do to merit my salvation and trust fully and entirely in jesus christ mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please go get the book, R.C. Sproul, A Life by Dr. Stephen J. Nichols. Uh, Dr. Nichols, uh, where can our listening audience find you if you want to be found? <laughs> <laughs> well, they can check out Ligonier, Ligonier.org, uh, and I've got stuff on there. They can check out RBC, which is ReformationBibleCollege.org. And then a fun little thing I do, as you mentioned, is the five minutes in church history podcast. And yes, that's love the it. Five yes. To find it. Well, thank you, Dr. Nichols, for coming on Bridge Radio today. Uh, hopefully, we can have you on again. If you have any other new books coming out, we will be more to uh, we'll be more than happy to promote it here. And as we are a Christian ministry and bookstore and coffee shop, so looking forward to uh, speaking to you next. If you would like to come back on. <laughs> I 
I would love it. And I just pray God's blessing upon your ministry there. And I'd say just keep doing it. And this is to provide these kinds of solid theological resources for God's people. Amen. It's just such amazing ministry. So may yes. God bless you all. With God bless you. Thank you, Stephen. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode uh, with Dr. Stephen J. Nichols on the book R.C. R.C. Spro, A Life, a biography. And man, Steve, what a... That was just a lot of fun. That just, was fun. I just like talking to Stephen Nichols anyway, because he's, he's just a nice guy and he always looks like he's happy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's always in just very much uh, uh, wanting to talk, wanting to speak. And yep. enjoy- so, um, and again, uh, if you guys want to check out the podcast that he was on uh, over the summer, that was episode 134, Church History, please go check that out. Uh, and again, please make sure to get the book, R.C. Sproul, A Life by, by Dr. Stephen J. Nichols by Crossway. Um, I mean, this and we book, have it here and we have it here. You can get it here at Bridge. Uh, and you know this book is being has been being promoted uh, like crazy. And he said, I think it was after we were yeah. off the air that it's going to be translated right? in, in Spanish. That's cool. That is really cool. So uh, once that comes out in Spanish, uh, please uh, check our check out our social media website and look out for that book. Um, so hopefully that'll get done. You know, probably later on this year, maybe next year. Yeah. He didn't give us a time frame, but but super happy. I mean, this book. I mean. Please go get it. You know, if you are a RC Sproul fan, I mean, you won't put you. It'll be hard to put down this book. And it's not because we want to idolize a person. No, but it is because of who RC Sproul lived for mm-hmm. and who he he desired in his work and ministry to glorify and just to point people to Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and it's just an encouraging read for us. Yeah, you know, to see how God used him and. And really, you know, how he uses each of us in wherever, whatever capacity it may be, you know, we're not all going to be leaders of uh, a multi-billion or million dollar ministry (laughs) anyway, you know what I mean? But uh, he can use us wherever we are and we need to be faithful to that call. Exactly. And and those are the means that God draws his people to himself. Um, We have heroes in the faith, right? We when we read our when we read our scriptures, we, we have heroes in there, but it all points to Christ. Amen. And that's what RC did. He pointed everybody to Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and his holiness and exactly. who he is. And, and and we appreciate that. And you know, one day one day we'll get to see him in heaven. And, and worship the Savior together, and right? Savior together and in perfect love and harmony. Amen. And that's gonna be really, really awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like we always end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Until next week.